Welcome back to another week of instigating with Clarkie and Drury brought to you by our friends at Cool Bet Canada, the Listool Squash Courts, Listool Vision Care, and see the game. Clarkie and I are back for another great week of sports chatter, and we're pleased to welcome on our friend, one of our favorite guys to talk about baseball with, Mr. Jim Cressman, longtime umpire, former journalist as well. Jim, how you doing, my friend? Hey, guys. It's great to be with you as always. It's great to have you back on. Uh, I know you guys, you're pay, you, guys pay the, you guys pay the big bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's abso- right. I, absolutely. Clarky in particular. And I know you're his favorite guest because you guys agree on everything. So oh, yeah. let's just start. Let's start talking about the Blue Jays here. Obviously, taking on the Yankees as we record this in the final game of the series. As we record, Aaron Judge still looking for 61. Uh, but let's talk about the base running blunder from the previous game where we saw Bo Bichette make a number of mistakes, including a bad throwing error and a base running error. Vladdy, the same thing. Buck Martinez took them to task on air. Some people really loved it, including myself. Other people thought he was too harsh. What was your take on what occurred? I didn't think he was harsh enough. (laughs) But I thought after the post game too, Caleb Caleb and, uh, and Joe, they also took a, took them to task too. They they've got to start getting serious. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, if they don't get serious, it's going to be two and out. Like they keep talking about the postseason and and this team's got everything that they they can go all the way. If they keep playing like this, they're not going to go anywhere. It'll be it'll be two games and out because they got to they they got to start getting serious. They keep showing these guys in the dugout. It's it's okay have some fun but it seems they're always having fun like last night they were losing and they showed Vladdy and Lourdes and I, I think Lourdes is a distraction in the dugout he's not playing and he's in there goofing around and they got to stop that they got to start being into the game they got to watch the game and be to be serious about it and, and it, because if, if you're goofing around that's when you start making these these base running blunders that uh, that we saw and I and, and John Schneider said that he spoke spoke to them about it, but I I think you know what if <laughs> you guys are old enough to remember Billy Martin well I know I know Clarkie is if Billy Martin was managing this team he would have been in their faces in the dugout there probably there might have been a fist fight going back to the days of Reggie Jackson absolutely and and Schneider said it was inexcusable what does that mean what what's the accountability. Did you sit him yeah. the next game? No. So what what does no. that mean? Does that mean next time he makes an mm-hmm. error, he's not playing? Like what does that mean? There's gotta be some there's gotta be some form of, if you want to say quote unquote punishment, where they will realize we can't do this again. But no, yeah. you know what? They're they're right back out there. And hmm. it, it like the, the fact that 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 uh, Vladdy went into stood there and admired a fly ball to left field or to, to, to the left field corner. He's standing at home plate watching it. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's not going to be a home run. And now he starts running and he just decides, well, I'm going to run to second base. Well, no, you know what? You run to second. You you try to stretch that into a double if, if you're 30 pounds lighter. I don't know what they've noticed, but I think he keeps packing on. He's packed on more weight as the season's gone on. He's got to stay away from the post-game buffet. And, I, and, I, and I'm, but I know I'm kind of saying that jokingly, but in all seriousness, no, you don't do what he did last night when you've got all that weight and you're, we're at the end of September. He's mm-hmm. tired. You can see that. 
You, you know, it's funny you say he stood there at home plate. I was at the game last night, um, and I didn't see that. And, of course, the in-house uh, production um, is from the 1980s where, like, I don't understand. They have a huge video replay screen, and they won't mm -hmm. show things like that because it's, you know, it might, might upset Vladdy that we showed him yeah. standing there. But the whole, like, I think you and I are on the same page, uh, not a lot of times, but on this Rogers yeah. thing um, and yeah. just how they – do their radio station and produce their TV and produce in-house games. Uh, not to change the topic away from the Jays, but man, oh man, it wasn't a good in-house experience yesterday at that game. I'll tell you that much. Well, they eventually showed it on TV. It took them a while, hmm. and then and then and then Buck got into it. Not to criticize Dan Shulman, but yes, to criticize Shulman. He won't say anything negative. He leaves it all up to Buck. And then after the game, as I say, it was Caleb and, and Joe yeah, went yeah. Took, took them to task. But yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm really disappointed in Dan Shulman. Like, mm. I thought he was better than what he is, but he won't say anything bad about this team. He just leaves it poor. He leaves Buck out to draw. Even, yeah, even but, tonight during, during the game, Buck brought it up again, and Shulman was quiet, absolutely quiet. He didn't, just, say, didn't say a word about it. That just goes to the broadcaster owning the team. Plain and yeah, simple. Yeah, he yeah. knows who it's signs his checks, right? But it's, it's not a very good broadcast because of it. Yeah, it's a it's a conflict of interest, yeah, really. Absolutely. It's, it's, but Jay's fans don't know any different. They think it's great. But yeah. but if you know what? If if that was the if that was the New York Yankees that yeah. did that last night, Michael Kay and David Cohn would have been going up one side, down the other, and back up. The other back up there, back up them mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Like uh, it's just it's as Schneider said, it's inexcusable. But that's all he said. Right. He's, what does that mean? I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Like, I like him. I I think I, he should be the manager. He's done some great yeah. things. Yeah. Since taking over. Yeah. But I but I think he's got to be a little bit more forceful. Like he's got to he's got to hold them accountable publicly. Maybe that's the only way to get through to these guys. But as I said to somebody else, though, if they were do if if he sat Vladdy, then he would sit on the, he would salt and he would mm -hmm. they would lose him. He would sit on the at the other night too. What really bothered me about Vladdy after he hit hit the walk off the the, the base head is he's yelling my home, my home. No, yeah, it should be yeah. our home, our home. It's like I don't know whether yeah. he realizes he's being selfish when he does stuff like that, but that's where they. Some of these other players like Springer and that need to go and talk to them about this sort of stuff mm -hmm. and change it. They've coddled, they've coddled these young, they keep talking about these young players, but they're not going to be young. They're not young forever. They've coddled them long enough. It's time they start acting like professionals. Yeah. There's yeah, that's, no, that's the complaint from yeah. a lot of people. And like, I don't have a problem with them having fun and, you know, doing whatever when they're winning and doing good things, but you've got to achieve something first, like do a good yeah. thing and, and beat your opponent, especially the Yankees on home field mm -hmm. and, and then celebrate. Like, I don't have a problem celebrating and doing whatever after a game and, and you won the game, but that that blunder and then Bo's, you know, whole thing, stepping off the bag and, you know, another throwing air. It's one of those things where, you know, the Jays depth is not as great as some people like to think it is. So they really can't bench these guys down the stretch. It's, it's so imperative that they get home field advantage for the wild card. And I, 
I think yeah. they will. Seattle's falling off. They got they got the job done eventually in Tampa. So we'll see. And now and now after the the Yankees series, as this show airs, they'll be taking on the Red Sox, who are an atrocious ball club, and they've got to sweep yeah. the Red Sox at least yeah. win two. Now I want to turn your attention to whatever. I was just going to no, go ahead. Say, just about every time Bo throws over to first base, to use a quote from a great baseball movie, he lollygags. Like last night, he just gave it a little, oh, here's yeah. a little oh, lolly yeah. game, flip over to first base, and it wasn't even near the bag. No. Nope. Like, yeah. Anyway, I think I think not it's as bad because, as Steve Sachs, but he's uh, well, no, but I but I think I think that it's because when he tries to throw it over there and whistle it like Matt Chapman does, and that's Matt Chapman, we're not expecting you to throw it like Matt Chapman. No, no one no. does. But when he tries to to laser it, he misses and launches it five feet over Vladdy's head. So I think yeah. he's easing off because he's afraid of making a mistake. But when you have that mentality, you make more mistakes. He mm -hmm. he still, to me, has not become a even decent fielder. He He's okay at it. But you can't take him out of the lineup because of his bat. I, I think that there are... Well over 10 shortstops that are far better, probably 15 that are far better defenders. We can argue about the bat, but they're far better defenders than, than Bo Bichette is. And, and I don't care if he ever becomes an elite defender. Like I don't expect him to become, you know, Trey Turner or somebody like that. Like that's not what we want. It's just that consistency that him and Vlad both need to incorporate a little more into their game because I would still largely say they both had somewhat disappointing seasons. In the playoffs, the defense becomes the liability. Bill Buckner. Oh. That's yeah. all I'll say. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And you know what? If if the if the roster's healthy, and yeah. if I'm John Schneider, I DH Bo tonight and put you know, Espinal or whoever at short, you gotta, you gotta send a mess. Like they have to have their best defensive team out there. And yeah, he screwed up on the base paths too, but his defense I thought was awful. Like, I, like I, I cringed every time there was a ground ball to him. That's yeah. a starting shortstop. Like, let's go. Yeah. You, know? you just think That's, he's going to throw it away every maybe, time. Maybe, maybe in the off season, they got to start maybe looking at another position for him. Cause as yeah. you say, you gotta have his bat in a lineup. There's not, there's yep. nothing wrong yep. with his offense. He's great at the plate, but mm -hmm. he is the liability on on the uh, on on the field. Yeah. Hey, let's turn our attention to the Yankees and uh, Aaron Judge and all the walks. There was a lot of walks last night. It was funny Watt being at the game because when he was swinging and missing, the fans were like, "Yeah, yeah, strike him out, strike him out." And then they walk him and they all boo, right? But yeah. I didn't think they, they, they certainly didn't walk him intentionally last night. He had a, some good hacks, and it was full counts, I think, three times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do you think the pressure is getting there in a little bit? And they did. They did the same tonight too. Uh, for, there was a there was a, a wild pitch or whatever. It was runners at first and second. They advanced. First base was open. Schneider still had them pitched to him. So I give I give Schneider credit for uh, yeah. for doing uh, doing that as well. But uh, it, it's yeah I know it. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And yeah. uh, Shulman said that uh, it was all the Yankee fans were booing. I saw some Blue Jay fans on TV I, that were standing up booing as well. I was there last they, night. There was a lot of Jays fans it, booing. 
if you're a baseball fan, you want you want to be there when he's when he when That's, he does it. Yeah, you know, I was there. I wanted to see it. I was in the yeah. first row, 200 level left, yeah. left field. I was yeah. I was thinking I'm I'm going to be a rich man leaving this ballpark, but no. Yeah, I, I saw it. I saw your social media posts. I thought you should have got off your wallet, spent a little bit more for a better seat, but that's yeah. Okay. I bought four hot dogs last night. You know how much that cost? Four, four bucks. <laughs> you only bought four? Yeah. Yeah, you can see. Well, you still yeah. got, I still think you got some in your cheeks there. I didn't say I ate four. I was with Jenna, oh, my dog. Yeah. She had one. I had three. But no, I, but it just goes to prove too. If you lower the prices on concession stand stuff, you sell more. They sold fifty thousand hot dogs last night. Fifty thousand. No, Clark, Clarky. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I saw online that they sold four hundred and forty-four thousand hot dogs. Well, Jenna sent me a chart that showed they showed they they sold fifty thousand last night. So I, maybe there's a controversy on how many they've they sold. But I don't know if that was a type. I thought that was the season. Let me just check what she sent me here. Hold uh, on. I'll, I'll oh, look yeah. this up because I could no, have so that's, that's the season total, Ryan. Season that's total. Season total? On, 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 on Looney Hot Dog Nights. They've sold 444000 on Looney Hot Dog. Last night okay. was the most at 50000 It was $1.25 per person. How many, how many right. did you have in your pocket when you left the stadium? The funny thing it's is, not, but, but the people I were throwing them around. I love the fact you said Skydome on your social media post too. I did that on. Per- I always do. I, 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 I don't call it the other one. I call it Skydome. And when if, I if Clarky, <laughs> if, Clarky, if Clarky is nothing else, no, no, that's not what it is. If Clarky <laughs> is nothing else, it's it's indignant, and and he he will take every opportunity to fire a barb toward the you know what broadcasting company so that's that's what that is now that's a lot of hot dogs i would have probably eaten eight or nine but i and you're right and that goes to something that we'll talk about as as well a little bit later in the show just the whole the cost of being a fan clarky because it's Mm -hmm. getting ridiculous now i on the note of of judge you know, we talk about the four walks the other night. Three of them were on full counts. Like, they weren't intentionally walking. No. They were going after him, trying to get him to swing at stuff in the dirt. And Stephen A. Smith, who I'm entertained by generally, like, I, I, I think he's entertaining. Is he a little over the top? Is he a little annoying? Am I describing myself? Yeah. But I, you I, I, I like him. But he had an absolutely atrocious take today as we record this on Wednesday. He got on in the morning on first take and said, the Jays should be embarrassed and it's better for baseball for them to not walk judge and have him hit the home run and whatever. And he's imploring pitchers to have a heart. That's what he said. Pitchers have a heart, like pitch this guy. No, Steven, because look, it's going to be cool. If judge will do it, he will pass Maris. I think he's got two more home runs in him, but if you're a fan of the team playing them, the Jays in this instance, no one in the grand scheme of things will give a damn when the Blue Jays get brought up as a fan about Judge breaking the record. It'll be a cool thing that you talk about and go, oh, remember I was mm-hmm. at that game or remember when he did that. It Yankees fans will care. Why should we cater to your guy so that he can break a record in our house? No. 
absolutely not. I, like, we're we're not here to give out freebies. We're in a playoff race trying to clinch mm-hmm. the first wild card. I'm not That's letting you I'm hit a two or three say. run yeah. bomb. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? What was your reaction to that? No, I, I totally agree. I was going to say that. The Jays are still trying to clinch that top wild card spot because it really does mean something, especially playing in that in that ballpark if because that roof will be closed and it is loud in there and it could be that can be like a 10th player on the field for for the blue jays the other night against boston cora pitched to him because the red sox are out of it mm-hmm. and and so cora pitched to him but yeah no until toronto clinches like they there's you know they could there's nothing saying that the jays could not go and lose every game between now and the end of the season too. They could go on a losing streak and then not even make it. So, so it would go back to the fact that they could point back, Oh, he pitched to, he pitched to judge and he, and he beat you. So yeah, no, I, uh, I totally agree. Totally agree with you on that point. We're old enough to remember uh, 87. I think it was and a six. Didn't they have a six game lead and they blew it. That was the year Fernandez broke his foot or something well look at last season they missed they missed the postseason by one by game. one game and, and what's and his name blew. Yeah. well they blew i can't remember who was it the guy uh marcus simeon threw it like two outs in the bought in the top yeah. of the ninth and he made an error and they lost that game he doesn't make yeah. that error they made the playoffs ryan i know what you're gonna that say is, yeah, yeah right as, as yogi that's used your to favorite say, moment to bring up yeah it is, I was just it is. Say, as yogi used to say it's made over till it's over that's right yeah, that's right. I, I remember it because you bring it up so often, Clark. He was against the Chicago White Sox. Yes, it and, was. Uh, the, the White Sox ended up coming back and beating the Jays in 11 innings, if I'm not mistaken. I digress. Stephen A. Smith aside, this is a cool and significant moment for baseball. Aaron mm-hmm. Judge bet on himself. Mm-hmm. He is going to get an absolutely fat contract probably eight or nine years he'll be 31 next season but someone will pay him if it's it better be the yankees but if it's not uncle steve down the road on the other side of the city will will pony up and pay him now i want your opinion on this the best thing the best thing judges and his agent did this year was not signed absolutely that was smart. Oh. They had they turned down, I believe it was two hundred and forty million, and uh, yeah. uh, he's going to get almost double that now. Now I don't That'll think he'll not- ever hit sixty home runs again, but he is an elite player. Now I want your opinion on this. Buy a lot of hot dogs. That'll buy a lot of. He should take Clarky out, get some fancy chili dogs or something, man. I'm in. He's wearing Aaron. footlongs too, by the way. They were just little hot dogs. No, so, I yeah. know, I I know. Now <laughs> take Clarky, the take, Clarky to, take Clarky to Coney Island. Oh, Clarky yeah. should uh, Clarky should go in the uh, in the hot dog eating contest and enjoy chestnut. Not a chance. Like That's the grossest that. thing ever. That guy is a freak. <laughs> I I awful. would. He's a freak. He's nonstop. Yeah. Did you see this year at the hot dog eating contest when he well, threw that guy off the stage? Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, hey, man, I'm in my zone. What are you doing? I know. Just keep... It's oh, like going up I... there while Jimmy Page is playing a guitar solo and kicking the the amp. Like, what are you doing, man? Anyway. I want to AL... watch that and I want to vomit. Like, I just... Oh, it's I, so I, that's what I'm saying. 
I him know, and Kobayashi and all those like, guys. Ugh. Yeah, the, the soaking them in water is where it gets brutal for me. Like yeah. that's Ugh. anyway, it's just it's just goofy to me when it comes to Pete Rose. We've talked about this before, Jim. I'd love your opinion on it. All the sports leagues now are like buddy buddy with betting sites. We are like we. I love yeah. Cool Bet. I, I use Cool Bet all the time. I bet on baseball tonight with our friends at Cool Bet. But now the leagues are like in bed with all of these sports books, and Pete and Pete Rose was betting on his team to win. Which, like, yeah, yes, it was, was wrong. Bet. He didn't bet on them to lose. He bet on them to yeah. win. So, like, yeah. But and, and the best thing about this betting stuff now is you you can even bet in the eighth inning. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. What you is it? The best about whatever you want. Or whatever you, the, the commercial now says you can bet on over 700,000 different games a year. Like, who's got that kind of money? I guess some people do, but. Yeah, the, as you say, the leagues the leagues are in bed with these people, and they're still punishing this guy. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a joke. And say what you will about the type of guy he is, I don't necessarily know that he's the like most awesome person. But when we're talking about greatness on the field, he hit the he got more hits than anybody ever, and he's not in the Hall of right? Fame. Barry Bonds has more home runs than yeah. anybody, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. How on Isn't earth? He- does that make sense? Can I say ass on this show? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, Charlie Hustle busted his ass every time he was on that field. I don't think there's ever been another player who, who played the way he played. And to deny him the Hall of Fame is just, it's atrocious. It's ridiculous. All-star games included. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Oh, God. Pete, Pete <laughs> Rose broke Ray Fossey's forearm and shoulder in an all-star game. In an all-star game. Somebody forgot to tell Pete that was the all-star game. He just thought it was another game. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And Ray, God love him, he forgave him. And, and Ray was one of my favorite broadcasters. He was yeah. the best. Um, I, I will say, if if anybody does have that kind of money to bet on all those games, use it on oh. Cool Bet. The Bet Builder is is my my. Okay. We all know this. I love the Bet Builder. Uh, Jim, well, I'm retired. Your... I'm retired. I can't. I can't risk my life savings. <laughs> no, no, don't. Hey, you just you know, if you're gonna do it. Be responsible. Like, let's not lay $5,000 down here, okay? Now, uh, in closing, it's looking as the standings currently sit where where we're sitting right now. The Jays would host the Rays. Do you like them to win that series, Jim? I don't know. The Rays are a pretty good team. Like, uh, of course, the Rays might not have a stadium to go home to. Well, of course, actually, that area really didn't get as we talk. It's south down Naples, Sarasota way that's really getting blasted. Up in the Tampa St. Pete area, they're not getting it. I was thinking, my God, they might lose that stadium. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that is like talking about atrocious. Like, yeah. They, they, anyway, they, that team should be in Montreal anyway. But we could we could spend a half an hour just talking about that. Absolutely. I, I, I don't know. I like I like the Rays. They've been they've been playing good baseball. Like you can't you can't deny that. But the team the team that I'm saying, other than for the Dodgers, the team that I'm saying look out for, watch out for uh, Tito's uh, Guardians. I like the way he's got them playing playing. And I they I are know, something. Yeah, I'm always something. a Terry Francona fan too. 
Everybody likes him. He's such a likable guy. Everything he's yeah. been through. You like all those old lineup. school guys. Yeah, yeah. He just seems like a good dude. The players like him wherever he goes. I like that lineup too, man. You're talking yeah. Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, who's one of my favorite stories in baseball. Ramirez, this Quan kid who's legitimately in the contention for rookie of the year. I like that call. The guardians watch out for them. And, and one note as well to note Clarky, I saw this today with the Rays. My favorite pitcher in the big leagues, Tyler Glasnow is officially off IR. And if he can pitch okay. for the Rays, watch yeah. out for that 12, six curveball, baby. I'm telling you what I love Glasnow. I just hope he doesn't torture the Jays. Jim, the Jays, we, let me just ask just, one question before we go Do the Jays. If they have to win their last game of the season and Manoa's available to pitch, do they pitch him knowing that it could get home field, even though they've clinched the playoff spot, or do they hold him for the playoffs? It's a tough call. We'll wait for Schneider to decide that. Yeah. He's a greater mind than I have. I, that's a tough one. I he says I he's going to pitch him if it, if it means yeah. winning the, uh, two, the clinching home two field. Two things I want to say in closing. The Jays better hire Schneider. And the Phillies better hire Robbie Thompson. And I know yeah. they can't do it until the season's over because of the diversity program. They have to uh, do interviews and stuff like that. But those are two hires that really need to be uh, really need to be made. Yeah, I completely agree, Jim. It's always a pleasure to have you. We didn't on. even we talk about umpiring it. or anything. Like I had no complaints, Jim. No well, complaints. I was I was going to make a comment off the top. I really think it's great that you're being uh, sponsored by Vision Care because the umpires aren't going to need Vision Care when they bring these robo umps in. Who are you going to yell at now? Oh, there's still people to yell at. That's only for balls and strikes. <laughs> they still can make bad calls out there. We all know that. They're going to use it in Little League too because they should. Oh. Well, they, I'm not. No, get, I'm not getting so. into that. We're not. We're yeah. not. Doing it's always that the, to classic, our Jim. Though, the classic. The uh, classic YouTube videos, though, of the little league when the pitch is clearly four feet outside and they're calling yeah. it a strike. I don't know. Yeah. Well, because they want the kids it to swing the bat. Swing the well, bat. Yeah. Swing well, the yeah. Bat. Just swing the bat. <laughs> Let's all get out of here and have a couple hot dogs. All right. That's what it all comes but, down to. Clarky's got them in his pocket. They're yep. in his pocket. Deck them. Yeah. Sold them for two bucks on the street listable today. Yeah. Email me. I'll get you his address. I'll get you his address for the hot dog heads out there. Jim Cressman, longtime umpire and journalist. We appreciate it as always, my friend. Thanks, guys. It's always fun. It is fun. <laughs> All right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, NHL hockey right hey, Ryan, around the corner. Ryan, Ryan. Yes. Do I have yes. time to go get my hair cut between here? I guess I'll let you do that. Okay, I'll be back. I'll be back real quick. Clarky wants to look fresh for one of our favorites. Been a while since we've chatted with this guy, Jason Maslico, your friendly neighborhood dark guy, coming up next to talk Maple Leafs and NHL hockey here on Instigating. Welcome back to Instigating with Clarky and Drury. We appreciate our friend Jim Cressman for joining us to chat some baseball. What do you think, Ryan? To you as always. Oh yeah, you got your little. Uh, you got your little between buzz segments. There. Got yeah. The barber came in between segments here. Looking good, good for eh? you, man. Yeah, yep. high and tight. High and yep. tight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. S- straight yep. to the army. Right down with to the you, wood sir. on the side here. Yeah. Good. Yeah, absolutely. We are very pleased to be joined. As I mentioned at the end of the last segment, we're brought to you by Cool Bet, the Listowel Squash Courts, Listowel Vision Care, and See the Game. Very pleased to be joined by a great friend of the show, one of our good buddies. Very excited to have him back. 
Mr. Dart Guy. It's Jason Maslico. How you doing, brother? Fantastic. Uh, Drury Clarkie, thanks for having me on again. It's always a pleasure. Always great to have you on, man. It's great to see you, man. I mean, first of all, how is the summer, man? You're all kitted out in your Collingwood Blues gear. I know you're busy getting ready. It's been a great start to the season for them. How was summer leading in? Like, what was it like for you running around scouting guys? What was that like? Uh, it's, <laughs> summer's actually the, the time where it's not too bad. Uh, I get to enjoy some time up at the camp with, uh, with, with my lovely lady and the kids. Uh, so the summer was great. Had a great time. And now the hockey season's ramping up. Uh, I, I'm pretty much in a rink every single weekend for 12 hours a day. Nice. Nice. I love it, man. It's great how's, to hear. And how's dark ahead, guy life doing? Like you still being recognized out there? Like you're going to paint it up this year and go to a couple games? Uh, absolutely. I, I, I have to, I have to keep going with it. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. quite honestly, we had a, a parent teacher, uh, meet the teacher night last night and it turns <laughs> out, uh, my, my stepdaughter's teacher is a giant Leafs fan. Nice. Uh, so while we were standing there talking, I was kind of getting that, that side look and he's looking at me and he's looking at me and uh, he, he just kind of says he was a big Leafs fan. I said, Oh, big Leafs fan. Do you remember 2017? And he went, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, that is perfect. Long story short, I was definitely still getting recognized even with the big yeah. done. Yeah. Perfect. That's good. I love we it, need man. to go to a game together. I'd love Absolutely. to go to the yeah. party. Yeah, let's do it. 100%, Ryan will get us some yeah. tickets. Uh, whenever, oh, yeah. Whenever that, happens, Absolutely. Have, whenever that happens, we have to bring Ryan so I can have my uh, nice Samsonov jersey on for him. That's right. What do you think about the gold thing? Let's get right into it here. This seems to be a right bone of contention. No uh, a, lot of, a lot of skepticism going into the season. Uh, a lot of question marks for a lot of people, but I'm not one of them. Uh, I'm looking at the duo of Matt Murray, Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov, and I am looking at perhaps the best goaltending duo the Leafs have had uh, in recent memory. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be a problem with the Leafs goaltending this year. I think it's going to be an afterthought uh, after the first couple of weeks of the season. I hope you're right, bud. You you're very optimistic. Listen, like Matt Murray, I, I, I agree with you if everything falls the Leafs way when it comes to these two guys with Murray. We know he can get locked in. I mean, he, he was a major part in the majority part in terms of the crease with a little help along the way from Mark Andre flurry in those back-to-back cup runs, but he was the main guy now injuries. And if he stays healthy, we know that he can get into his zone and hopefully he can do that. Samsonov is the same story, but for a different reason, it's all between the ears for him. And I, I'm going to tell you from a caps like fan perspective, I couldn't be more excited that this guy is not in my crease. (laughs) I can't, I'm done. I'm so done with this guy. I'm, I'm sick of the second, third and fourth bullets. This guy has used from, never wanting to grab the ball and run with it, completely inconsistent play, swimming around in the crease. He has no depth perception, tracks the puck extremely poorly. Is he big, skilled, and and athletic enough to be a good goaltender? Yes, but he relies way too much on that athleticism to make the dazzling desperation save when he could just learn to be a little more economical with his movement, Jason, well, and Clarky to a degree as well. You guys know your goalies. 
He is not quiet at all. You're going to see a goaltender that is flopping all over the place, drops his stick a, a mountainous amount of times, loses his his ability to know where the posts are and where his net is. And if he can somehow fix that, he could be an effective goaltender. But for all the people out there going, oh, you know, Washington never really gave him a shot. It's been like five years. They keep handing this guy the shovel and go dig for us. And all he did was dig himself a hole. And if he can screw his head on straight, he could be an effective piece for the Leafs. But if he can't, if he gives you the exact same thing he gave Washington, he will be in the KHL next year and he'll stay there. That well, like where, I, I'm just telling you. This is where I'm going to stop you. <laughs> Jack Campbell came into the Toronto Maple Leafs and every single person, including myself, uh, questioned his abel- ability to get it right between the years. Uh, we took a goaltender who struggled for 11 years in the NHL to carve out a starting role and turned him into what largely people were considering a Vesna candidate at times during his stint in Toronto. Uh, I am not concerned. I, I believe the Toronto Maple Leafs have everything in place, uh, have the staff in place to, to help him work through any issues that, that may have plagued them in, in Washington. And the big thing is, he's what? Uh, I'm, I'm not even certain. He's 26. Now? 26? Yeah. When, when do goalies technically run into their prime? 27, 28 years old? 56, uh, I'm hoping. Well, here's the thing. You're talking about a, a goaltender that has all the skills, all the athleticism, and uh, the entire pedigree to be a number one goaltender in the NHL. And, and Dark Guy, wouldn't it be great if the Leafs caught lightning in a bottle with a goalie? Because they absolutely, haven't. Absolutely. And this, this is why I'm so excited for him. I've watched this kid for years. He has the tools to be that guy. He has the tools to, to be a Vasilevsky. I'm not saying he's going to be. I'm saying he has the tools to do it. And apparently he was training all summer. He was training all summer with, sorry, training all summer with Shisterkin. He turned down more Mm -hmm. term. He wants to be in Toronto. He wants to prove himself here. He sees an opportunity, and I think he's going to grab that and run with it. But before we even go that far, let's not forget about, like you said, Matt Murray. Mm-hmm. A lot of Matt Murray's, you know, detractors or, or haters, whatever you want to say, skeptics, don't look at some of the underlying numbers from last year with Ottawa, where he really wasn't a bad goalie. Yeah, he was on a bad team, but the underlying numbers saying he's doing his job and he's stopping the puck. Now, his game started to go downhill when his father got sick. Some people have heard the story. Some people have not. Well, here it is. Murray's a Thunder Bay boy. Him and his father grew up Leaf fans. His relationship with his father was so typical of, of what you see of every NHL player. His dad drove him to those 6 a.m. practices. His dad scratched and saved money to drive him to, uh, to, from Thunder Bay to Toronto to watch the Leafs. He had a very close relationship with his father. And when his father passed, got sick and passed, he struggled. And he struggled with his game. Now, you're going to take a guy, again, with the pedigree of Matt Murray, who, who is now going to be playing for his childhood team, the team that his father drove him from Thunder Bay to, to Toronto to go see, and, and he's going to be playing for that memory of his father. Now, 
if that isn't reason enough for you to get behind Matt Murray and believe in him, like you don't think he's going to come to Toronto with a, with a bolt of lightning, a fire lit under his ass. He's going to want to play his heart out for his childhood team that his dad loved. Uh, I am not concerned about our goaltending whatsoever. I, I agree. Like, I think the Matt Murray thing, again, like I say with him, the health is the worry with him. I have no qualms about him being and having the ability to and showing the ability to be a quality NHL goaltender. And you're right. There, there is a story. There's a redemptive story arc here that is so tantalizing when it comes to Murray because of everything you just detailed. With Samsonov, again, you're right. The tools are there. It's and and it's not like this guy's career is over. It will be if he can't get it right in Toronto, though, because I don't care how many tools you have. If the person putting their mitts in the toolbox doesn't know how to operate the power tools, it really doesn't matter. And and he I will disagree with you saying that he has the pedigree to be an NHL starter because he has shown the exact opposite. For the entirety of his NHL career, bar a game or two, he has to prove that he can become a guy with the pedigree to be a goaltender because he has done absolutely nothing close to that. Well, that sounds like up that, to this point. That that opinion sounds like a lover's scorn, Ryan. Uh, it is. We wasted a first round pick on this guy. A first round pick and he couldn't take the crease on a team with Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Carlson on it. Like if he, God bless you guys. Cause if he does it, cause you're right. The tools are all there. If he does it, you will have a really good goaltender, but he has done absolutely nothing. I would dare say the opposite of showing that he can be a consistent NHL goaltender. He has not shown the want to be a good goaltender. Uh, if I've Toronto seen, can seen, tap in, I've seen good. Lots of, I've seen lots of Sansonov's games. I, I've seen uh, a lot of your Twitter rants during some of those games. Uh, he makes me but, sick. But to to say to say he's never shown anything in the NHL at at, at all. No, that 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 is completely completely. He's shown that he's a backup goaltender. That's what he's shown. Well, like I said, Jack Campbell was a backup goaltender for, for 12 years before he came to Toronto. I know. I know. It's just that if you want to, that's the whole point here with the Leafs and we can move on because there's big signing news with the Leafs, but they constantly roll the dice on guys and eventually the dice don't come up your way. I've played craps. All right. Like the dice stop working for you. And, and if they can do it again with Sam Sonov, everybody should be clamoring to hire their goaltending team then, because I have nothing but negative faith toward this guy. I wish him well, all I'll say from a capital stance perspective, I couldn't be more excited to have Darcy Kemper in the crease and not Ilya Samsonov. Anyway, go ahead, Clarky. I see you shaking your head. Well, no, Darcy Kempfer, like uh, Ryan has a short memory because all <laughs> during the playoffs last year, he was saying how, you know, Colorado could win with an average at best goaltender. And then all of a sudden Washington signs the guy and he's one of the best three or five goalies in the league, according to Ryan. <laughs> so 
like let's just that's not what i said it is what you not what i said what i said was and i agree i still i stand by that statement that colorado could have won with average goaltending and what they got out of kemper largely on that playoff run outside of the the stanley cup final where he was really good the last three games outside of that for getting that stinker he let in in game four outside of that darcy kemper is in the top five over the last five years in even strength save percentage, high danger save percentage, penalty kill save percentage. He actually ranks third in five on five save percentage over the last five years. Like the guy, the guy was almost a Vesna candidate with the Coyotes. Let me say that one more time. The Coyotes. So I'm not saying he's Dominic Hasek. He's way better than Ilya Samsonov. Let me tell you that right now. Time will tell. Interesting, interesting news today out of Leafland as we record this on Thursday, September 29th with our friend Jason. Rasmus Sandin is going to play. He's going to play. And Kyle, I'm sure you're probably happy about this dark guy. He played hardball with a guy. He said, you get $1.4 million and not a cent more. And here he is on a two-year, $2.8 million deal. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to see. Um Dubas stand his ground, but I, I also like a lot of du- moves that Dubas has made in the, the last few off seasons. So I'm, I, I'm not one of the ones on the bandwagon there uh, with the hashtag fire Dubas that you see all over social media. Uh, that's not me, but yes, it was nice to see him win this one. And, and to a certain extent, uh, nice on the Sandine camp, uh, whether it was a little self-serving or not, uh, given the injuries that the Leafs have uh, sustained with Jordy Ben going down and, um, uh, a couple others so Muzzin. it was it was the it was the sandine camp that made the contact today that said you know what listen let's get this done today and that's um, lewis you know, gross right whether or not the, uh they came to their senses or they saw an opportunity to have some playing time to start the year uh whatever the case may be they they can't they contacted dubas they wanted to get it done and uh uh, it's nice to have Sandine back. Hopefully his game takes a, another step or two forward because it's it's about time he really shows a little more too uh, or it's time to move on from him. I agree. And you're right, Clarkie. Lewis Gross is his representative who, of course, represented William Nylander during his contract stalemate. And I would think, like you said, Jason, that they saw an opportunity here and said, look, a bunch of guys are hurt. Even if guys weren't hurt, this guy has a talent ceiling. As as I switch from negativity with Samsonov to positivity with Sandine, a guy who I watched play a lot in the OHL and got a front row seat to his game wise beyond his years at that junior level and a guy that you could clearly tell had the potential to at least be a top four defenseman. I think Lewis Gross looked back on that year that Nylander held out until the final minute, it seemed. And when he came back, you could clearly tell it affected him. He was slow. He had a bad season when he did end up playing and then he he turned it around. But I think he looked at a young guy in Sandine and said, you got an opportunity here. I don't want to have a situation like that again, where you wait till late November, December to come back. Mm-hmm. There's an opportunity for this kid to be an extremely important Toronto Maple Leaf for a long, long time. Well, I agree. And it's like, I, I don't know exactly what he was asking for. Uh, I, I'm not overly certain what the ask from the Sandine camp was, but let's put this into perspective. He had five goals and 11 assists last year. I, I, if I remember correctly, like 
we're, we're talking about a 16 point player. 1.4 million is fair, bud. You know, oh, yeah. time and to not, and, up and prove and, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and not exactly a big, big tough defenseman either. So you got to no. do one or the other, like let's, yeah. let's produce somewhere. Right. So, but it's good to have him there because he's going to get his chance now, as you said, with some injuries, Lilligren's out, Muzzin has a bad back and you know, they need the depth. So he's got a chance. The door's open, take it and run with it, bud. That's what he needs to do. Well, he definitely needs to. And like I said, uh, you know, if, if, if at some point in time in the very beginning stages of the season, uh, we don't keep seeing growth and, and uh, development. You know, you need to start asking some other questions. Do the Leafs yeah. have to move on from uh, Justin Hall? <laughs> like three years ago? <laughs> well, he's still there. I know. I know. I Listen, I, I said I'm not, I'm not on the uh, fire Dubas train, but he does make for as many good decisions and moves he makes. There are some head scratchers and, and Justin Hall is one of them. I just wonder if yeah. you'll if you'll make it and if you know if they have to move someone that he's the guy, but we'll see. Well, you would hope. You would hope. I mean, yeah. listen, Victor Mete uh, could probably come in and eat Justin Hall's dumb minutes. You'd think, with, yeah, at, at a fraction of the price, right? So, I completely I agree. I completely agree. Like Justin Hall. I think that, you know, I, I was watching our friend Steve Dangle's video about this the other day, and I kind of agree with him. I, I think that Hall's saving grace is that he's right-handed. Like, that. Like I really feel like it boils down to that's about it because I see a guy that, uh, again, as a fan of a, a, of a different team and or even just observing from the outside, glad he's not on my blue line. He is so easy to exploit in front of his own net. He basically doesn't exist. Like he's he's a ghost in front of his own net. You can just go right through that guy. Like it doesn't. Yeah, well, so so I don't really see you know the general value that he brings outside of being right-handed and being able to receive a pass on his forehand and get it up the ice quickly. Like fine, yeah, okay, I guess. Well, like you know, he has he has a little little bit of size going for him, but he doesn't particularly use that size very well. Yeah, he's big for no reason. So I don't know. You know the uh, the Edmonton Marlboros uh, could probably use them out 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 there in Edmonton. They they seem to like taking our straps. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no kidding. Well, sometimes the they straps certainly end do. up. Play, sometimes the scraps play pretty well out there. No, <laughs> I I I will I will say this. You know, I don't know if you would remember Dark Guy. You definitely would, uh, Clark. You, you don't pay as close attention to rosters from like 2010, maybe as we do. He reminds me of Jeff Schultz. Remember Jeff Schultz when Absolutely. he played for the Caps? Sit, oh yeah, six six five, which Hall is, I believe. He's six played four, for Edmonton six, too, didn't he? Uh, no, 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 that was I that was the other. That was Justin oh. Schultz, oh, who was also recently with the Capitals. No, Jeff Schultz, big okay. for absolutely no reason, but he was right-handed, and it was like, ah, oh, well, he's big, you know, like fine. It just bizarre, but anyway, lots of optimism around the Leafs, despite once again, losing in the well, first there should round. Be. I, I, I yeah, agree with you. Well, they're, but... they're talented. They're very talented. I want to ask you quickly though, Jason, cause you're not on the hashtag fire Dubas bandwagon. What if they lose in the first round again? Oh, here we go. If they lose in the first round and, and Dubas, it, you know, there, there's too many questions, but I mean, it depends how the season's playing out. 
uh, you know, Dubas uh, has a history of not going for like that blockbuster move come trade deadline. And, and I like, you know, I believe part of that is because he likes to keep his assets, likes to keep his prospects. But if, if you're looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs in, in January and, and you see something missing and you don't pull the trigger, then, yeah, if you lose in the first round, you should probably be uh, on the hot seat or unemployed. Uh, he's had more than enough time here. He's made a lot of good moves, but you know it depends. It depends on how the season plays out. I, I truly think there was a missed opportunity last year heading into the heading into the playoffs with a guy like J.T. Miller. I would have loved to have seen Dubas go all in and and trade for J.T. Miller because you're bringing in a guy that that would have the scoring prowess and bring a level of physicality. Like he's one of you know, the few remaining true power forwards in the game. I, 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 and I even using that term loosely with, with JT, but he is a physical guy who can put the puck in the net. Now I, I saw an easy swap there of a William Nylander for a JT Miller. You know, they would have gotten, uh, what, Vancouver would have gotten a year or two younger and saved a million dollars or for an extra million dollars. And we would have got Miller who was a year or two older, but we would have saved a million in cap space that would have allowed the Leafs at the deadline to maybe move, make a move for a D as well. But, but Dubas hasn't made those type of moves going into, going into the uh, deadline, saved Mark Giordano, uh, for example. He, you know, that was a great move. Love seeing him back. But when it comes down to it, it's all going to depend on how the season plays out and, and whether Dubas has done anything to address the team come deadline. I'm so torn on this one because – I want a competitive team. I want a good team all season long where they're going to win way more than they lose. And that's what we've been getting. And I honestly think in the playoffs, you got to just have all the stars aligned. And I don't know if I believe the built for the playoffs built for regular season mumbo jumbo that's going on. Sure. It's being proven now, I guess, because they can't get by that first round but they have a very good team. And Ryan will be first to tell you about those Caps teams who kept missing and not getting there and everything else. This is a very good team. And if they finish near the top of the standings once again, but do lose, Lord help us, in the first round, I don't know if they're going to make any changes because they love the fact that this team is competitive year after year after year. So it's a tough one for me. I know the ultimate goal is to win the Stanley Cup. I know you got to get there, but all the stars have to be aligned. And we thought maybe two years ago when they played Montreal in the first round that the stars could have been aligned then, but they weren't. But what do you feel about that? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, the one thing I will agree with is I, I saw a stat the other day that now has uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I believe, with the second or third longest active playoff streak, uh, which is a Big, big change from the uh, mm -hmm. longest non-playoff streak that we had going there for uh, quite some time, whatever it was, 13 seasons. Yeah. So, you know, I, I get it. And, and you have to believe that, you know, the dollars and cents for MLSE and their board of governors, uh, as long as the Leafs are winning, yeah, uh, in the regular season, they're making their money. They're probably thinking Dubas is doing a great job. So you never know. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm not on the fire Dubas train. I think he's, there's, there's a lot of smarts there, and he's proven himself to be a great GM. Um, don't agree with every single move, and that's the way, no. that's the way it's going to go. But uh, I just think that if, if we're seeing the season playing out and it's going a certain way, 
that if he needs to make a move, a big move to, to shake things up, uh, he need, he's going to need to pull the trigger. If, if he does nothing and we lose the first round again, uh, I, I don't know how the Leafs would be able yeah. to not do something. Do you think it matters that he he's basically a lame duck GM right now, that he doesn't have this con- a contract beyond this year? And will that make a difference this year when it comes to maybe trading a first or, or futures you know, to make a run this year? Dubas seems like a, a stubborn gentleman uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to negotiations and things like that, trades and whatnot. I, I don't foresee him mortgaging the future on something unless it makes sense. Uh, that much I give him the credit for. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to go out and trade a Matthew Knees or, or a first rounder uh, just to save his job possibly. Because if he's not with the Leafs next year, there's going to be a dozen teams lining up for his services. Yeah, no. it's it's a tough one, right? And it's like such a weird dynamic because the players play the games. And so the general managers, I don't care what sport it is, do they get undue criticism uh, to a degree, especially in a situation like this? Sure, because it's not the same as like, you know, if I build a house, the house is only as sturdy as I make it. That kind of logic doesn't really apply with sports because you can put together this great looking roster on paper and have everybody be excited about it. A la Washington Capitals forever before 2018. And and it doesn't work out. It's hard to win. There's 32 teams. There's luck involved. There's bad bounces. There's all these factors that come in. But when bad it's officiating, like, bad officiating too, which falls under bad bounces. Like, dude, trust me. If I could go back to 2009 and change that overtime call in Game Six against Pittsburgh, I would do it. But when it's a team like this with this much talent that can't even win a round. I really don't care what happens. I don't care if he goes all in and trades 50 first rounders and brings in every star player in the league. If they lose in triple overtime in game seven to mighty Tampa Bay again, fired it like, because unfortunately, even with everything I just said, it's a results oriented business. I don't think he's a great GM. I think he's an inventive GM. I think he's, a different GM with new ideas and new ways of looking at the game, but it hasn't amounted in literally. Well, I can't say any success, but I, yeah, I I'm sorry. If they lose again in the first round, like they've got to get rid of them, but I will agree with you, Clarky, that I don't think that they need to make major changes to the core of the team. And what I really mean is Tavares, Austin, Marner and Riley William Nylander. And I know you're, I know you're definitely on the hashtag trade Nylander team. Jason is again, I'll I'll make the comparison yet again. He is Alexander Semin to me. He just is. He's a guy that you could absolutely just get rid of and bring another guy in like a JT Miller. And it would actually do wonders for the team. That's just my opinion. So while, while, you know, Dubas has done an amazing job of, of, of finding guys to come in and fill the spots uh, off yes. after offseason, you know, he's, he's brought in some great guys doing great jobs with bunting and, and, and even Blackwell last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. Uh, bringing in Yarncroft this year. You know, he's done great things that way in managing the bottom half of the roster with the cap space available. 
when I get to some of the question marks, it's like, why is Justin Hall still in the lineup? After, after the entire world watched William Nylander let up on a puck in the playoffs on national television because he didn't want to get hit. I get it. He is a talented guy who is going to plot 30, 40 goals for you. I get it. I, I understand his value. I understand his talent. How you could bring back William Nylander after that? Now, I get later on, it was the next game, he went on to score a, a tying or game-winning goal after that horrible display. But that's, that wasn't the first time Nylander let up on a puck to avoid getting hit. That wasn't the first time right. Nylander turned away from a puck because he didn't want to get hit. Like, this is a reoccurring theme with him. Uh, you, you have to know, Brendan Shanahan, of all people, for crying out loud, has to know what kind of player you need to win in the playoffs. And, and I'm sorry, for as talented as he is, William Nylander isn't it. Why is he still in the line? You, you can't tell me that, that there wasn't at least three or four guys on the least bench that game when William Nylander let up on that puck that didn't go again. Like, it's the playoffs, Willie. What are you doing? Like, that has to resonate up and down the bench, and, and, and there has to be some kind of conversations going on in the dressing room. Like, you can't tell me his entire team is okay watching him do that. Like, that's just, no. I, I don't know. I get, again, maybe it's scared you're not going to get the return on the value for him. I don't think that would be the case. A lot of teams would love to have William Nylander. A lot of teams would. But I just don't understand how you bring him back after after watching that against Tampa last year again. Okay, we're, we're nearly out of time, but does is Austin Matthew a leaf for life? I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think so. So next July 1st, they sign him? Uh, I, I, I believe so, yes. Yeah. Well, let's see. I hope you're right. He deserves to be, I think. He's the I'll, best I'll one that's ever played. So, Yeah, he's the most talented Leafs player of all time. No uh, that's not even a question for me anymore. But uh, there were some interesting comments floating around online. Obviously, Elliot Friedman the other day on 30, 32 Thoughts said that Arizona – is going to go full bore for him. And they're, I told you that are, before that they're factoring him into their plans. And again, now, I said uh, that um, a year ago, but Elliot Friedman says that now you say it on the show. Oh, I see. No, no, I, no. See I, how it works. I, I've never denied that Arizona would want him to they're, come there. They're going to see him as the savior of the franchise. I told you that. And I have, that's why I have they're no trying doubts. to wait. No, no to, but I have no doubts they would like to bring him up. there. That's, that's never been the argument, Clarky. That they want him. Of course they want him. Every yeah. team would want him if he was a free agent. Oh, yeah. For every sure. team would want Austin Matthews. Yeah, just like every team would have wanted Crosby or Ovechkin or whoever. Of yeah. course Arizona wants him. They would yeah. they just want to be good. They'd love to win more than 30 games. Yeah. There's yeah. 31 teams Austin Matthews. Oh, absolutely. Their plans. Absolutely. <laughs> completely right. I'll say this again. I'll repeat myself one more time. Austin Matthews can officially flush his legacy and his career down the toilet if he leaves Toronto and signs in Arizona just so he can play at home. What's so bad about your yeah, new you home? You can't just he say that, Ryan. It. Yes, I can. No, you can't yes, because can. if he goes there and wins, 
He won't. How do you and know that? Arizona. <laughs> we can't say that. You can't predict the future. Yes, you don't I know can. what will happen. Okay, yes, good. I can. You can. There you I, go. I, if we I, haven't accomplished anything in this show, it's that Ryan can predict the future. Perfect. I don't need to predict the future. I just need to be logical. I hey, I understand, but they could get better. In, in that the next team, two years, that organization will never get better. In the next two years, how much better are they getting? Dude, I'm not saying the next two years, but in five years, could they be better? But he'll be over 30 years old by then. So what? How old's Ovi? Yeah, okay, you're talking about two very different players and two very different franchises. I compare get it, Washington Ryan, to Arizona. Don't do that. I'm just saying I still think that the league is trying to prop them up in hopes that he goes there and saves the franchise. Well, no, well, they might have playing a 5,000 seat arena. Right. Yeah. You can play in Col- <laughs> Collingwood, right? I, I don't think I don't think you know while while it would be a great story for for Matthews to go home. Uh, I don't think he has any interest of joining the Gong Show that is the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, you know what he he's going to go home and and save hockey in Arizona. Bettman's been trying to save hockey in Arizona for mm-hmm. a decade, and I know you know. Yep. Anyway. I just completely disagree. And again, I, I'll I'll say it again. His legacy will forever be tarnished. He can never ever look down the lens of a camera and say, I care about winning. Like that, that, that will be completely out the window of all sports organizations on earth that call themselves professional. It is the worst one. And there is absolutely no way that he alone could go there and say, I'm them. not saying him alone, but anyway, let's just thank Jason for this nice job. <laughs> is he going to score 60 again, Jason? What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. He says that would make him the first since Pavel Bure to have back-to-back 60 goal seasons since the mid nineties. Uh, dark guy. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, we love having you on the show. We, we got to have him on more. Like we were heated today. Clarky's red in the face. Look Call instigating. What do you want to do? Right? I love it, man. Jason, <laughs> we really appreciate it, brother. Thanks for doing this. As always, thanks for having me on. And I, I look forward to giving you a hug with my uh, Samsono jersey on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Uh, I'll settle. <laughs> I'll settle for a handshake. You can watch this show Friday nights at eight, Sunday nights at nine with our friends on Whiteman TV. That's channel six for Whiteman subscribers. We're on YouTube debuting Fridays at 9 p.m. Follow us on social media at instigating pod. Thanks again to our great sponsors. Cool bet Canada. Blissful squash courts, Blissful vision care. See the game. Our great guest this week, Jim Cressman and the one and only dark guy, Jason Maslico. We'll be back next week with more instigating. <laughs>